0: Welcome you all here to our worship service, our first worship in 2016. Happy New Year to all of you. Yeah. I want to welcome all of you, especially if you are a guest. If you are a guest with us this morning, uh, we really truly hope that you find this a place of worship. Uh, We hope that you experience God in this place in a mighty way. Uh, Also, guests, if you're comfortable sharing your information, uh, we invite you to fill out a little welcome visitor uh, card you'll find that as the insert in a tab in the bulletin uh, on the side and you can just fill that out uh, that way we have a record of your attendance and get to know a little bit more about you uh, how we might be able to serve you uh, maybe even how you might could plug in with the work that we are doing here in our community uh, and you can just drop that into the offering plate as it comes around but again welcome to Mechanicsville Baptist Church um we always like to open with a moment of silence. Uh, I think it's especially important as we begin our new year uh, to draw our attention upon the holy, upon the sacred, and invite God into this space, into our hearts, and into our minds, and to our worship this morning. Let us draw uh, to a moment of silence, shall we? Um, A few announcements. First of all, I'd like to recognize um, Becky Shermer, who has an awesome shirt on this morning. Becky, come on up.
1: I'm not meaning to set up any controversy or whatever. It's just mainly a prop. I am a Redskin fan, though, admittedly. But are you ready for some football? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm not going to talk about football necessarily, but I am going to talk about teams, and specifically church teams. And I'm actually representing the nominating team. I um, just want to give you simply a save the date, and that would be January the 31st. That's the last Sunday of the month. And generally, we have a joint serv- a, a one service later in the year, but this year we're going to do it sooner there will be one service that day, and there's going to be a focus on church teams that particular Sunday. Um, we'll have a simple lunch after worship at 11, and then those people who are already on teams for 2016 will meet as an all-team meeting and then break up into huddles in your specific teams that you're on. And what the idea behind this would be is to, for each team to have a huddle, sort of chat a little bit about the purpose of their team that they're on, think about the the work of the year, and really most importantly pray about what the purpose they have and how to serve God within our church. So to really kind of just redefine themselves in some way, have all the new members understand what the purpose is, and get together in that way. So that would be on Sunday, January the 31st will promise will be done by two that day. It'll be something kind of quick but important. And um, there'll be more information from Tim and worship services and Touchstone and possibly some other communications that'll be sent out too. So just kind of look forward to that. And the one question that was posed to me when I was talking about this um, earlier was, so what if you're not on a team? Well, we're going to focus on the team members on that specific Sunday, but it's an evolving event. So also those people who are not specifically on teams, watch out for information about that as well. So I'll just leave it with that. Just put it on your date, January the 31st. Thanks
0: a lot. Thank you. Thank you for that announcement and high five. Um, Just a few more announcements. If you could uh, just draw your attention to the opportunities of the week. I'm not going to hit every one of those points. Uh, Some of those are on there every week. Uh, But a few that are not, usually we have a personnel team meeting at Tuesday at 630. uh, And also the missions development team on Thursday at 630. Uh, But just take a moment and look through those opportunities of the week so you have an idea of what's going on. Uh, But that is all the announcements. Let us now draw our attention on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we go to worship this morning. Let us pray. Holy and loving Father, help us to quiet our minds. We come, God, with so much anxieties, so many worries, so many fears, so many things that occupy our minds, the thoughts that overwhelm us. God, release us from our anxieties that keep us from you. Help us to get to a place that that we are able to truly worship you while we are here. And even when we leave here, grant us the courage that we need to be your children. It is in Jesus' name that we offer this prayer. Amen. We're going to stand together and sing hymn number 56, Guide Me, O O Thou Great Jehovah. Let us stand together and sing.
2: In the upper room that night, I'm sure there was a great deal of angst, fear, and anxiety because of the unknown future. Even though Jesus had told them, he had taught them for three years, they still had a hard time grasping the reality of the future and the hope that would come through the death. Burial and resurrection of Jesus. And so how appropriate for us on this third day of the new year to pause to remember the past, the death of our Lord and Savior, but to grasp the hope of the future and the return of our Lord. He gave us these symbols to remember. And you know the power of remembering. Smells, sights, sounds, taste, all bring back memories to us, don't they? The taste of this juice and of this bread reminds us of the price paid for our sins. And Jesus wants us to remember the great price that was paid, but to remember with hope. Hope in walking with him in the future. And so on that same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had broken it and blessed it, he gave it to his disciples and said, for as often as you eat this, remember me. After they had eaten, he took the cup and he said to his disciples, This is the new covenant in my blood, for as often as you drink it, remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death in the past, until he comes, in the future. Amen. Take your hymnal in hand, and turn to hymn number, i got to find my bulletin, say it again, 62, will you stand as we sing?
3: Everyone, Happy New Year. Let us go to the Lord in prayer, please. Dear Lord, I thank you for our many blessings this past year, and I ask for wisdom and direction for our church for 2016. Lord, I pray for our military. I pray for those who have served, who do serve, and who will serve. And Lord, I pray for their families. And Lord, I pray that we never take their sacrifices for granted. Lord, I pray for the sick and shut-ins of our church family. May you bless them with your healing touch. Lord, I pray for these tithes and offerings given today. May these funds be used to further the work of Mechanicsville Baptist Church and the work we do for your glory. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray as he taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done
2: Shall we pray? Gracious eternal God, creator and giver of every good and every perfect gift, author of salvation, giver of faith, in your presence we come this morning with thanksgiving for the gift of life itself, for the power of life gives to us meaning and purpose as we serve you. Help us, Father, never to take for granted that life that you have given us, life now and life more abundantly in Christ Jesus. For this we give thanks. We're thankful, Father, that in your presence we need not be afraid. For your great love for us transcends all of our fears and anxieties if we would only trust in you. We're thankful for this church and this new year. For the faithfulness and dedication of your people. For the gift of togetherness. For the gift, Father, of being able to minister in your name in this community And even around the world. We give thanks Father for the generosity of your people. As they gave to missionaries around the world. Help us Father to be reminded of the great commission. As we seek to serve you locally in Mechanicsville and around the world. We're thankful for our missionaries for their work and for their service. Bless them, encourage them, give them health as they walk with you. We're thankful, Father, that as we minister in the name of Jesus, lives can be touched and transformed. That the message is not our message, but your message, delivered through your people. We're thankful that we can be called your children. We pray for those who are sick and hospitalized. Father, we pray that your healing hand would be upon them that, as we pray, they might feel the power of your touch. For those who have lost loved ones in these past few weeks and even months and last year, we pray that you would bring comfort, encouragement, and peace. We pray, Father, that as we journey together in the year 2016, that you will place opportunities before us so that we might share the gospel story. We're thankful for your word and for how it challenges us and gives to us purpose and meaning. For The story is the story of salvation. And for this we give thanks, in the name of Jesus, amen.
4: My darkest hour, love's amazing, power rescues me, oh my Lord, let me say it like I should. world that's so unfair I come to hear Oh, yeah. I will glory in the cross. If one more blessing never came to me, your sacrifice would still be. Bye.
2: next sunday we will begin our january bible study on second corinthians we will do a survey of the book of second corinthians with topical issues and thought i'd wait till the second sunday to start that to give everybody a chance to settle in after the new year so we will begin that next week and continue it through part of the month of uh, february but this morning we want to look at Closing the door on 2015, with our scripture is Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 20. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness?" Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other so that the one did not come near the other all that night. As we meet to worship in this first service of 2016, I am not as concerned with an appraisal of the year past or with predictions about the year to come as I am with our attitudes as we look both ways. So much depends on the way we view things. How shall we come by truths that will fashion right attitudes within us in this new year? This Exodus record will help us. The Israelites had reached the Red Sea, which blocked their path, when suddenly, as if to make a bad situation worse, they saw the Egyptians in hot pursuit. They were literally between the devil and the deep. Moses' response to Israel's despair was stated in three verbs, each in its own way either commanding or entreating Israel to a particular course of action. Verse 13, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall work. The form in which the phrase, fear not, was written, stressed the element of exhortation or urgency on the part of Moses. The verbal form is not an imperative, but it does make a very strong appeal. Stand firm translates a Hebrew verb, which means to set or station oneself, to take one's stand. It is used of taking one's position, to take one's stand, to fight, and also of standing quiet and passive to see the deliverance of the Lord. The call to see the salvation is an imperative form of a verb meaning to see or behold with the eye. Salvation in the Old Testament is most often associated with deliverance from an enemy, an illness, death, or other calamities. It should be noted, however, that such physical deliverance was never abstracted from spiritual overtones, for it was the Lord who delivered. And on this particular day, the Israelites would know that their deliverer was the Lord. And we would be wise to come to the same conclusion as we look at our own relationship to God. God indeed is our deliverer through Jesus Christ. There is no other way for us to come to God, but through Jesus. And because of that, He delivers us. But so many times, we think we are delivering ourselves to God. The Israelites were placed in a position where the Egyptians were hot on their trail on one end, and the Red Sea was blocking their way on the other. The new year reminds us that we too are on a journey hastening stormfully across the astonished earth as Carlyle once put it. Like the Israelites, we too often are caught between the Red Sea before us blocking our advance and the army of the Egyptians behind. What happened in this emergency reveals three great truths shining through this vivid record. First in our text we see that Some of our greatest enemies are not those that confront us, but those that pursue us. It was not so much the Red Sea in front of the Israelites as the Egyptian army behind them that created panic in the camp. This is a parable of our situation today. We think that we have escaped these ghosts of yesteryear when suddenly we hear the clatter of their horses' hooves and see the dust of their chariot wheels. Think of the realms in which this truth applies when we think of how life pursues us. Some of us are pursued by fears, complexes, inhibitions, frustrations, and phobias that psychologists solemnly tell us are the fruition of the seeds sown in childhood experiences. We leave our childhood days behind, but these ghosts of our past constantly pursue us. Some of us are pursued By grief. It may be that during the past year, sorrow has laid a heavy hand on us and our families. It is not some possible future grief we fear, but a past one that pursues us. Grief is very real and troubles us along life's journey. We grieve over the loss of loved ones. We grieve over the loss of relationships. We grieve over the loss of jobs. Anything we lose, there is the potential and the real possibility of grief. Still others are pursued by some old sin, some old temptation to which we once gave in. Like the Israelites, we have thrown off the yoke and started toward the promised land. But now that old temptation follows us on and on. And so it was with the Israelites. Look at how they complained. They said the same thing we say, just in a little different way. They say that things used to be better. Didn't they say that? Things used to be better. If you had left me in Egypt, we would have been okay serving the Egyptians. If you had left me there... Everything would have been all right. They longed for the good old days, and the very reason for their deliverance was because of what God had heard them complaining about. I have heard your cry by reason of your taskmasters, and I have come to deliver you. Oh no, Lord, I like it the way it used to be. I want it the way it was in 2015. 2014, 1957. I don't want to go back to 1957. Cars didn't start the way they do today. You know when it would be cold and you'd have to go out and start your car? You'd have to, I can remember doing this as a child. We had a 1972 Dodge Dart. I don't recommend you buy one if you find one. You'd have to start that thing 30 minutes before time to go somewhere. Or it would die on you three or four times. Can you imagine trying to do that, jumping out on the road today? I don't want to go back. Because going back means we have to relive things that we have the tendency to forget. We're good about that. You know, within our bodies, we don't have the capacity to remember pain. Physical pain. Okay? Now, we remember psychological pain pain and those kinds of pain, but as far as physical pain, we don't remember it. Now, we know what causes pain, okay? Let's be clear. We know what can cause pain, but as far as physical pain, if you could remember physical pain, you would be a basket case, wouldn't you? You think about it. You break something, and you can relive that pain anytime you want to. That would be quite the curse, wouldn't it? We can't do that. So we are good about forgetting things in the past. Because it's much easier to think about the way things used to be than to confront the way things are and the way they're going to be. And this was the case with the Israelites. They found themselves between the Egyptians and the Red Sea and they went to Moses and they said, you should have left us in Egypt, we were happy there. Have you read Exodus? The Lord's deliverance demanded trust, which expressed itself in a quiet reverence. The word translated be still basically means to be silent or speechless. In the context of verse 14, the word may be a call to Israel to stop complaining rather than to be still. One might well paraphrase the verse, and you, you have only to stop complaining. This is our first truth here. The Israelites left Egypt, but not the Egyptians. The hindrance to our progress toward maturity of Christian character in 2016 may spring not from something out of the future, but from some carryover from last year. The Lord rebuked the empty cry of Israel devoid of action by calling upon them to look forward. To go forward is from a verb meaning to pull out or up. Hence from pulling up tent pegs to set out or depart. The verb means to set out on a journey or march. The Lord called on Israel to do more than go forward. The call was to pull up their tent pegs and set out on a journey to which the Lord had called them. We must be willing to do the same. Sometimes we become so comfortable, so complacent with life that we are unwilling to be moved, to change, to take up our tent stakes and follow the Lord. One of the biggest obstacles in the journey of the Israelites was fear and doubt and it remains one of the biggest obstacles to the work of the Lord today. We, like the Israelites, need to learn trust. Trust me, the Lord said. Even when the sea is on one side and the Egyptians are on the other, trust me. Second, in our text, we see that God not only goes before us, He is also our rear guard. God's angel who had been out in front as their God, now came behind as their defense and stood between them and their pursuers. As we begin a new year, we think of God out there behind the veil of the future. In faith and praise, we sing the songs we sung today. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, guide me thou, O great Jehovah, and lead on, O King eternal. This thought is wonderfully true. But it is also true that we need a God who is not only before us, but behind us. As well. How profound was the insight of the psalmist as he said, You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. It is almost certain that the prophet had the exodus in mind as he wrote, For the Lord will go before you and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. These words would also apply to the return from exile. And the psalmist And the 23rd Psalm understood it too, didn't he? When he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me in front and in behind. Although no statement was made at this juncture concerning precisely how the sea was to be divided, other than that Moses was to stretch out his rod. There are two important points to recognize. The event came at a time of crisis and in response to faith. And by the biblical writer's own statement, the waters did not divide apart for some action within the realm of nature. It was an action solely wrought by God. God shut the door on the pursuing Egyptians and saved his people. It's essential that we understand what happened here. Because, see, we also like to do God's job for us. If there were engineers in the group, they were probably figuring out what they could do. How are we going to get across this? We're going to have to build a dam. Somehow dam this water up like we would if we were building a bridge and get the water out of the way so that we can walk through. And while they were trying to figure out how they could do it, God was doing it. That's what happens to us. We want to build the dam. We want to do God's work for him. And we've got to come to a place where these Israelites were. With Egyptians pursuing and the Red Sea before them, they had no choice but to depend on God. F.W. Borm tells of a man in his congregation who was always poised and serene, wasting no time on the fruitless exercise of worry. When asked how he could do this, he replied, I've always made it a rule of my life that when I've shut the door, I've shut the door. He had set the Lord not only before him, but also behind. Since he is our rear guard, let us close the door on 2015. Let us trust in God who can shut the door on a host who pursues. Every experience of life has a double meaning depending on to whom the experience has come the pillar of cloud that stood between the israelites and the egyptians if we read in verse 19 and 20 it caused darkness upon the egyptians and gave light by night to the hebrews with faith our experiences mean one thing without faith another the same faith that melts wax hardens clay the egyptians saw only a dark cloud but to the israelites it gave light It's all in how you look at it, isn't it? It's all in your perspective. The Egyptians saw the same cloud that the Israelites saw, and they saw light, and the Egyptians saw darkness. Isn't that what Jesus told us? Isn't that what was said about Jesus? I am the light of the world. Those who are not with me are in darkness. Consider the truth as it applies to the world's situation. Surely it is dark enough. To take it at face value, Egyptian-like, is to see nothing but darkness, confusion, danger, and chaos. A black cloud. But to people of faith, the cloud is not all darkness because we see the reason for the darkness and that releases a floodlight. The presence of God in history means darkness to some but light to others. People of faith know that God is at work in history. The revolutionary periods have always been the most creative. God often does more when the waters are stirred. God acts at his own choosing. He acts in his own time and we are to trust him. Job understood it, didn't he? Job said, though he slay me, I will trust him. Again, consider the afflictions, disappointments, and tragedies that come to us. They mean darkness to the Egyptians who cry out, as Job's wife did, curse God and die. But to people of faith, there is light shining in these dark experiences. We may not see it today, but there is light there if you trust in God. God will see a way through for us. Or consider the fact of death. To the Egyptians it is a darkness unrelieved, as said the wisdom writer, for that which befalls the sons of men befalls beasts. As one dies, so dies the other. But people of faith say, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed by day. We know that if our earthly house were dissolved, we have a building of God. Paul understood it, didn't he, when he said, this earthly tent in which we live will one day be gone and we will have a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. You see, he understood that whatever we do in this life is temporary. He understood that if we were to be what we ought to be, we should be ready to take up our tent stakes and go where he leads. But we, like the Israelites, find a great deal of comfort in looking back, when God would have us look forward, Paul said it too forgetting those things which are behind, pressing forth to those things which are ahead, or consider the cross. Unbelievers cannot understand it. Unto the Jews the cross is a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But Paul said, Unto us which are saved it is the power of God. The light of the resurrection streams across the darkness of the cross. We see because God has allowed us to see by our faith. It all comes down to who you trust. You know, if I have to trust human beings... I'm already beaten. Because let me tell you, they'll let you down. They'll let you down almost every time. We can't help ourselves. But if I put my trust in God, I have a tremendous history that tells me that when things get rough, God gets tough. We may not see it today, but we only need to live it each day. Several years ago, there was a well-known television circus show that developed a Bengal tiger act. Like the rest of the show, it was done live before a large audience. One evening, the tiger trainer went into the cage with several tigers to do a routine performance. The door was locked behind him. The spotlights highlighted the caves, the television cameras moved in close, and the audience watched in suspense as the trainer skillfully put the tigers through their paces. In the middle of the performance, the worst possible fate befell the act. The lights went out. For 20 or 30 long, dark seconds, the trainer was locked in with the tigers. In the darkness, they could see him, but he could not see them. A whip. And a kitchen chair seemed meager protection under the circumstances, but he survived. And when the lights came on, he calmly finished the performance. In an interview afterward, he was asked how he felt knowing that the Tigers could see him, but that he could not see them. He first admitted the chilling fear of the situation, but pointed out that the Tigers did not know that he could not see them. He said, I just kept cracking the whip and talking to them until the lights came on. And they never knew I could not see them as well as they could see me. This experience gives us a vivid parable of human life. At some point in our lives, all of us face the terrifying task of fighting tigers in the dark. Some face it constantly. Many people cope daily with internal problems that are capable of destroying them. They cannot visualize their problems or understand them, but their problems seem to have them zeroed in. Barbara G. Ryberg penned the following poem. He does not lead me year by year, nor even day by day. But step by step my path unfolds, my Lord directs my way. Tomorrow's plans I do not know, I only know this minute. But he will only say, this is the way by faith, now walk ye in it. And I'm glad that it is so, today's enough to bear. And when tomorrow comes, his grace shall far exceed its care. What need to worry then, or fret? The God who gave his son holds all moments in his hand, and gives them one by one. In this first Sunday of the new year, let's do two things. First, as God gives us the grace and the faith, let us close the door on 2015 on all the Egyptians of temptation and evil habits and old grudges and sins. God can shut the door if we trust him. And second, let us take courage and go on. The past is God's. The future is God's. And his power is greater than all. In verse 13, Moses summed it up for us. Now and for all eternity when he said, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again, no more, forever. Are we willing to trust God? Are we willing to allow him to do for us what we can never do for ourselves. Are we willing to walk with him even to the breakwaters of the sea and allow him to work his miracle for us? Shall we pray? Oh Lord, we are grateful For this beautiful, beautiful story. Of fear and anxiety. But also the story of trust and love. Help us, Father, to trust. So that you can deliver. We're thankful for the deliverance that comes to us through Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the power of the cross and the resurrection to redeem. We're thankful that you have given us the opportunity to hear your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of invitation is number 294, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. That should be the prayer of our heart in 2016, that the Lord would have His way with us and that we would be patient and trustful enough to allow Him to do so. The invitation is open to anyone who would receive Christ as Savior. Whatever your desires, we stand and sing hymn number 294. of things I need to tell you. The first thing I need to tell you is that next Sunday following this worship service we will have a reception for Ryan uh, in the Family Life Center. It'll be a light lunch and uh, the hostess team is planning that for us and so that will be a way to say goodbye to Ryan because next Sunday is his last day. So he will be with us one more Sunday and we will send him on his way with our prayers uh, as he goes to lead congregation in Whiteville, North Carolina. So I wanted to make that announcement, and I didn't want Ryan to have to make that announcement because it's like inviting somebody to your own birthday party, I thought, in the first <laughs> service. So uh, I wanted to do that uh, for that reason. The second thing I want to tell you is that uh, we exceeded our Lottie Moon goal. The goal, the goal was over 10000 and we're over 12000 now, and not all the money has been counted. So, you know, it comes in. When I say it had not all been counted, because it, it comes in between now and February, we'll still be getting some Lottie Moon gifts, so uh, just wanted to make you aware that we, you can look at the figure on the uh, on the uh, newsletter. Uh, for those of you who use the computer to get your information, we have a new computer system, and that new computer system, we're still learning it, okay? So I noticed this morning that you couldn't get the bulletin in the way, but I think it's because it was not downloaded properly to the site. We'll get all that worked out, and the sign out here, please don't complain, um, even though it still has Christmas messages on it, because the computer is not talking to the sign. <laughs> so we've got to introduce them, okay, so that they will start talking. So anyway, the software is on the computer, but it's just not sending it to the uh, sign. So if you see that on there, it's because it, re, the only other option we have right now is to turn the sign off, and that means the top of the sign goes out, and you don't see the Mechanicsville Baptist Church at night. So, um, It's okay. It's not epiphany yet. We can still have those messages up. So uh, anyway, just just wanted to make you aware of that as well. This also is Benevolent Sunday, and there will be deacons at the door to receive your benevolence offering, as is our custom on the first Sunday uh, of the month, to do so. So I wanted to make you aware uh, of those things uh, as well. Let's bow for a closing prayer. Gracious Lord, as we depart today, We do so with the full assurance that you go before us and you come behind us. You protect us, lead us, and guide us as we trust you. Give to us, Father, the reassurance of the salvation that comes to us through Jesus Christ.